Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen. Lots to cover this evening on our program. The government's ongoing response to the COVID-19 pandemic on a day when the government introduces a bill to bring in new COVID-19 benefits and may now have found a dance partner to avoid a snap election. The Prime Minister's address to the nation last night and the long list of promises to rebuild a greener and more equitable economy and a society. The House began the debate on those proposals in the speech today and we also had the first question period of the new session. Here's one of the key exchanges. Well, Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister locked the doors of Parliament to cover up his wee scandal under the guise of a speech from the throne which would address the pandemic. But the throne speech was nothing but a litany of recycled liberal broken promises that leaves countless numbers of people behind. This Prime Minister has no plan to deal with the health crisis, no plan to deal with job losses, and no plan to address divisions in our country. So why did the Prime Minister waste all of this time just to cover up his scandal instead of using it to help Canadians? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, the pandemic is the most serious public health crisis Canada has ever faced. The last six months have revealed fundamental gaps in our society and in countries around the world. For those who are already struggling, the pandemic has been even more difficult. So we must address the challenges of today and support vulnerable people for the future. We will take bold action on health, on the economy, on equality and on the environment. Those are the things that Canadians expect while we continue to have their backs through this pandemic and chart a better course for a brighter future for all Canadians. Also today, the government introduced legislation to bring in three new COVID-19 benefits to move Canadians from the Canada Emergency Response Benefit at the end of the month. And it's made changes that may be enough to win the support of the NDP. It seems like that's where we're headed. One benefit will provide $500 a week to self-employed workers and those not eligible for EI. The government boosted that amount by $100, a demand that was made by the NDP. They would have... uh, uh, have earned at least, or they have to earn at least $5,000 in the previous 12 months for people to collect this benefit. If they end up earning more than $38,000 this year or next, they have to pay back 50 cents on the dollar over that amount up to the, possibly the entire amount of the EI benefits they receive. Also, a sickness benefit, $500 a week for up to two weeks for workers who are off work with COVID-19 or had to isolate because of it. That's now the sticking point in the conversation between the government and the NDP. We'll get to that. And a caregiver benefit of $500 a week per household for people who can't work because they must care for children or family members who are high risk or have a disability. Well, these changes the government has made to EI benefits and sick leave benefits may be enough to win support from the NDP to keep the minority government afloat. Then again, maybe not. Let's uh, see if we can get the answer. Jagmeet Singh is the NDP leader and he joins me now. Mr. Singh, good to see you again. Thanks for taking the time once more this week to talk about this important subject. The government seems to have moved to meet your demands by enriching the new EI program for self-employed or gig workers and by creating a two-week sick leave benefit. So does that satisfy your demands? Are we there yet, I guess is what a lot of people would say. Well, speaking first specifically about the legislation that's in front of us, we're almost there. The first part is something that we had fought for. We told Canadians, we were told by Canadians they did not want to see the support 
to those who could not work during this pandemic be cut by $400, which is what the Liberals were proposing. So we fought back and we got the assurance now it's going to be in the, it's in the legislation that the amount of support will remain $2,000. So that's a big win for Canadians, a big win for people, and we're, we're proud of the work we did to get there. The second part is the paid sick leave. That's also in the legislation. But there are some concerns right now we're working on. We're actually in the midst of those negotiations. We're very optimistic that we will get to a point where that paid sick leave will be accessible to Canadian workers. So we're hopeful and we're still in negotiation. Once that is sorted out, we will be in a position to support this legislation. We're going to hear from Carla Qualtro, the, uh, the ministers on the other side of this, in just a moment. My understanding is that there's not a big ideological divide here on the sick leave issue, that it's actually, actually a technical issue, that the government system isn't set up to deliver sick leave payments in anything but big chunks of a week or two weeks. It used to be a month. And so that's, that's where the sticking point is. Have I got that right? Well, uh, just a bit of context, we fought initially uh, months ago for paid sick leave as a condition of our support for a vote that the Liberal government needed. So this is something we had fought for, the Liberal government had promised to us, uh, we had fought to achieve it, and now we're, we're almost there. And it is, it is just a matter of that access and making sure it is something that works for all Canadians. And I don't want to get into the, the details um, because I don't want to show my hand for the negotiations that are still going on. I don't want to, I don't want to in any way jeopardize those negotiations. But, but it is a question of making sure that Canadian workers can make use of this program in a meaningful way. Right, and but is it, is, it your, is it your suggestion that, that it's more than a technical thing, that maybe you think the government doesn't want to find a solution? Because uh, we're going to hear from the minister in just a moment. That's not the sense I get, that she thinks you're, no, close. No, she thinks you're close too, that it's not a, it's not a big divide over sick leave payments. It's a, a machinery issue, how to be able to get it out the door. No, we're, we're very close. That's very, very fair to say we're very close. And uh, again, we're, we're very happy that we've been able to, to force this change. We were able to force to get the paid sick leave in the first place. And now we're seeing that it's moving ahead. This is very important. You know, Canadian workers who are fall sick should never have to be faced with the impossible choice of going into work sick or staying at home and not knowing how they're going to pay the bills because they don't have any income coming in. That's something that we wanted to solve that problem, and, and we're really hopeful that we'll get there. Okay, so to be clear, if this works out, and it looks like it, it should or, or could, uh, will you now be supporting the speech from the throne? Do we take a snap election off the table now? Well, I'm focused right now on this piece of legislation. But as I said before, I've been looking to see some action. This, this legislation, if it moves forward, and I'm hopeful it will, this would be an example of, of action instead of just the words that we saw in the throne speech. Uh, this would be some concrete action. This is what we were looking for, and, and I'm very hopeful and, and optimistic. Oh, okay, so does that mean you'll support the speech from the throne? Well, that's, that vote is not in front of us right now. Uh, what's in front of us is legislation. Uh, I want to take one thing at a time, and it's oh, important okay. for us. Hang on, wait, wait a minute here. So are, are you telling me that you could support uh, any votes that come along on this Bill C-2 on these EI benefits and sick leave, and then turn around and vote down the speech from the throne after you got this? Well, I can say really clearly to Canadians what I've been saying throughout, the, throughout this pandemic. My goal has never been to find a way to go to an election. Uh, I want to use the position I have, the leverage I have, to fight for Canadians, to try to get some help to them. And that's what we're going to continue to do right now. We're right now negotiating one piece of legislation. Once it's resolved, we will be in a position, hopefully, to vote for it. And then we'll look at uh, the next votes that come forward. But right now, the immediate vote that's in front of us for Canadians that are worried about their serve ending in two days is this piece of legislation. That is a priority right now. And this would be a positive sign if, the, if this moves forward. Okay, uh, you know what this sounds like? This sounds like 
Uh, well, it sounds like sort of a, a little bit of bare-knuckled negotiating stuff here. You get what you want on two things, which you said were your bottom line. You get those, and now you continue to hold the threat of not voting for the speech from the throne over the government to try and get more. Is that the plan? Uh, our plan is fighting for Canadians. At the end of the day, we just want to make sure Canadians get the help they need. Uh, this is something that the Liberals have promised months ago and still hadn't delivered. Uh, they promised to us they would bring in paid sick leave, and it taken a long time. And so we're going to fight for Canadians to get that paid sick leave so people aren't worried. Uh, we yeah, know what, that what I'm asking you is that is that is so that where is, is that where the, the what I'm asking you though is that where the is that where the air of uncertainty can end for uh, politicians and for Canadians that look. If this goes through, people are going to be saying tonight and tomorrow, look, Jagmeet Singh got what he, got what he want. He, he won on this for the NDP and for Canadians. Oh, wait a minute. He's now going to ask for more so we could still have an election? Uh, right now, our focus is what's in front of us. There is not a throne speech. If there was, I'd have to uh, make that decision right away. But there's no throne speech vote right now. Right now, what we have is we're two days away from serve ending for a lot of Canadians who are deeply worried. Millions of Canadians are worried. And right now, our focus is making sure we get the best deal possible for Canadians, and we also get in place paid sick leave. Uh, those are the two things that are in front of us, and we're focused on that right now. Did you know this was, did you know the government was going to be, uh, was going to meet these demands? Did you have any conversations that said, uh, oh, let's reach out to Jagmeet Singh and say, look, we can make this happen. When did you get word that they were prepared to change these measures? Well, as far as we knew that uh, what the Liberals had proposed was to cut the support, uh, their, their legislation was, was, was basically very clear that they were going to cut the support that Canadians need. And, and that's, that's all we knew. And so we fought hard to make sure that that support to Canadians was not cut. Uh, and we said also that we wanted to see paid sick leave. Uh, this was not clear that the, the Liberal government is going to move ahead with these two. And uh, we're really uh, happy with the work that we did to make sure Canadians saw that their support is not going to be cut and that paid sick leave is, is being pushed forward. Uh, we're still negotiating the details, but this is this is a really positive sign and a big victory so far for Canadians. Yeah, I know. If I, you know, the government, I'm sure, is, knows what your position will be. Uh, maybe even watching this conversation. Uh, you know, I, I suppose knowing a bit about how Parliament works, I think uh, they could catch you on this one simply by there's six days of debate on the speech from the throne. They could move all of that debate up, call for a vote on the speech of the throne before this legislation gets passed. Then what would you do? Well, that's not the scenario that we're in right now. Right now, we've got uh, two days away from uh, what the Liberal government created this problem because they they suspended Parliament, they shut down Parliament. We had a date in August to meet to make sure that people weren't waiting to the 11th hour again. But instead, the Liberal government pushed this to the 11th hour. They timed it so that the throne speech and the opportunity to bring in legislation would be right before Serb was ending. That was a, a wrong thing to do. That was irresponsible. But uh, despite that, we are now uh, in a position that we look really hopeful to be able to pass some legislation to get the help to the Canadians that they need. Uh, really, ideally, what should happen is CERB probably should be extended uh, while we work out these details. But again, the Liberal government chose to choose this date just you know days before CERB. CERB literally ends in two days. Yeah. So that's, that's two days for millions of Canadians who cannot go back to work in the tourism sector, the hospitality sector. The service sector, their jobs are just not there. Okay. So this is a serious thing. And we're focused on making sure that the help gets to them, despite how irresponsible the choosing of the state was. All right. Uh, Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP. Uh, thanks so much for your time again. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Carla Qualtro is Canada's Minister of Employment, Workforce Development and Disability Inclusion. And she's with me now, Madam Minister. Uh, thanks for taking time to speak with me. Good to see you again.
Nice to talk to you, Peter. Let's start with the new benefits you unveiled today in a bill introduced in Parliament uh, promising to provide $500 a week in EI benefits uh, for those gig workers and self-employed workers who weren't covered by uh, the CERB and aren't eligible for EI. That's a jump of $100 from what was announced, uh, $100 per week from what was announced in the summer. Um, and until now, uh, you, you proposed this benefit, uh, as I say, just a month ago, and it's up by 100 bucks. And Jagmeet Singh says... Uh, that's good. Uh, that's enough. He thinks that's pretty close to get his support, but there's still a problem with the access uh, to the sick leave benefits you've unveiled today as well. What's the sticking point? Oh, you know, Peter, we're right in the middle of important conversations with other parties to uh, find a path forward to get this legislation approved and supported by um, by parliamentarians so that we can get these benefits to Canadians. You know, I think that we're very um, like-minded with the NDP around the need to provide workers with an option that for sick leave that doesn't make people um, have to choose between their bills and taking time off work or that forces people to feel like they have to work while they're sick. That's not good for the economy. Um, we're talking uh, very uh, specifically around um, what our systems can deliver, how our systems deliver. You know, we don't really have a system for delivery. We're really leaning heavily on the CRA right now to deliver benefits. And we're really trying to find a way forward to be as flexible in benefit delivery, but not make people wait and have assurances that we can actually do what we would like to say we can do. All right. So is the sticking point on access to sick leave benefits, it, it sounds like you're saying it's not a willingness to pay them out. Uh, it's a, an issue, an actual technical issue in the program to be able to deliver them? Well, like the NDP, we think two weeks of, of paid sick leave is really important for workers, especially right now, uh, particularly workers who may have symptoms of COVID or um, who might have COVID act actually. Um, you'll recall back when we started this journey with the CERB, we could only deliver a benefit for four weeks. That's all our systems would do. Uh, our systems now are at the point where we can um, safely deliver a two-week benefit. Sorry, then we moved down to two weeks. Now mm -hmm. we're at the point of being able to deliver a week-long benefit, which is currently what's proposed in the Act um, and doesn't guarantee sick days uh, basically it gives a sick week if you will because we we can't um, so we're working we're having these important conversations and I I agree with uh, Mr. Singh that we're very close because we agree on philosophically that Canadian workers need this support okay so this that sounds like this is around the terms of how you do it so if you don't if I've listened, how, here, instead of having to deliver yeah. it in chunks if people only take chunks you might be able to do it by days that's that's the sticking point well, you know, it's it's about the how of how we do this. Um, right now, it's legislated as two one-week benefits. Right. That is, is you know, very proudly the um, officials have worked to get that down from from four-week benefits to two-week benefits to now we can deliver one-week benefits. Remember, these systems didn't exist six months ago. Um, so those are the conversations we're having um, with the NDP very fruitfully. All right. So so uh, to be clear, it is so. Did you adjust that? benefit from $400 to $500? Did you adjust that benefit upwards simply to satisfy the NDP? Or is there a case to be made that people need more money to match the CERB? Yeah, absolutely. We we announced this a month ago, and I was very clear at the time that there was going to be flexibility in how and how we did this and what was going to be delivered because we had to see, you know, what what the job numbers in August were, how back to school penned out, whether there was going to be a second wave. Uh, back to school has been really uncertain. There's been uncertainty in the pandemic. We're now in a second wave. Um, we made the decision that it was more 
more, it was better to be more generous with Canadians right now. Um, you know, we had hoped more people would be able to go back to work, that there'd be more certainty. There just isn't. And we need to support Canadians. Now, very excited that the legislation we're proposing really addresses some of the disincentives to work peace. Um, so I think it strikes a good balance between uh, incentivizing people to go back to work, but also helping people who just can't. Why you, you know, the prime minister went on national television last night and said that we're in the second wave and it could be worse than the first wave. Why didn't you just extend the CERB? Well, you know, first of all, the CERB was a very blunt instrument of, of benefit delivery that was developed at a time when we shut down the economy and we uh, were asking people to stay home and not go to work. Now we're saying, you know, you know, we recognize we're still in a pandemic, but go to work if it's safe for you to do so. If you have a job to go to, please do it. Um, we've learned a lot. We've we've our legislation is more sophisticated, I would say, in terms of it's covering more people. You know, the CERB benefit was for for people who had lost their job. Mm. Um, this benefit is for people with reduced income as well as job lost. Um, there was concerns about the rigor of disincentivizing work. We think we've addressed that by um, requiring people to look actively for jobs, to take jobs if they can. Um, we really, it's a better piece of law, for lack of a better way of putting okay, it. Okay, let's finish on this. Can you guarantee that uh, Canadians who have been receiving the CERB will take home no less money when they transition to the EI system if they need to do that? Uh, yes, I'm smirking because I know we've had conversations about Phoenix, so I'm always smirking when people ask me to guarantee uh -oh. anything. But I, I can assure Canadians that they'll get at least $500, whether you're on EI or this new recovery benefits, every week in order to help pay for the, the essential things you need to support your families and pay your bills. Yes. All right, uh, Carla Qualtro, uh, good to talk to you again. Take care. Thanks for taking the time. Take care. Well, a number of the premiers are giving the prime minister an earful over the speech from the throne. Intruding in provincial jurisdiction, no pledge to increase health transfers to the province. And Alberta Premier Jason Kenney says the speech failed to recognize how federal policies have been hurting the resource sector. Albertans aren't seeking bailouts and subsidies. What we are asking the government of Canada to do is no harm. First, do no harm to the resource industries that are the backbone, not just of the Alberta economy, but the Canadian economy. And there was zero recognition of that imperative in yesterday's throne speech. To the contrary, there was a recommitment to a series of policies that, if implemented, would uh, do further damage to industries that are struggling to survive. These Big national programs like the wage subsidy, like the CERB, like the support that has been available through the regional development agencies, that has gone to people across the country, very much including Western Canada, because the need has been there. So I want to remind Canadians that we have been there for Canadians across the country, very much including Albertans, people from Saskatchewan, British Columbians. Well, let's debate the government's direction in the speech from the throne and the opposition response to it with three party commentators. Mira Ahmad is a vice president of the Liberal Party of Canada. Ahmad Atia is a conservative commentator. And Kiavash Najafi is an NDP commentator. It's great to see you all. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Mira, let me start with you. Uh, with the reaction from the provinces to the speech from the throne, displeasure on the prairies and thumbs down from Ontario and Quebec for the lack of commitment to health transfers with no strings attached to the provinces. 
I mean, I, I'm sure some Canadians are going to be concerned about how this disconnect between the key provinces and the prime minister might affect the joint effort to fight fight the pandemic. What do you say? Yeah, so I think um, that's a great question. I don't think uh, right now is really the time for to Canadians to feel divided. Um, I think uh, when it comes to this pandemic, we're all on the same page and we need to be focused on the same priority, which is protecting Canadians. And I think the government has been very clear in their commitment to um, wanting to govern for all Canadians. And since the very beginning, they've worked with the provinces and territories to help Canadians, including, um, you know, whether it be funding for, for communities, public transit, uh, securing childcare spaces, and that hasn't changed. And I would also add, um, you know, I, I think we certainly certainly should be concerned about some of the current numbers and, and the latest modeling mm -hmm. and the, the many challenges with testing in some provinces. But um, the Prime Minister has been clear in um, his commitment to ensuring that frontline workers have the PPEs that they need and um, continuing to work with the provinces and territories to increase testing capacity. Okay, uh, Ahmad, as the government points out, look, the COVID relief measures have benefited Canadians in every province. How seriously should we take the demands from the premiers for more money? Uh, or what Jason Kenney really asked for today was, look, less harmful federal policies. I mean, I think the uh, prime minister is going to need to demonstrate leadership on this, that he can bring everybody to the table, everyone who voted for him and those who didn't. I think the issue of national unity is important before one can go into an election. And especially in these difficult times, it's his responsibility as a leader to bring us all together. Uh, that's what Alberta is calling for. That's what Jason Kenney is calling for. And and I think the issue of autonomy is, is a concern on, uh, for the provinces. And uh, the message the message needs to be said stronger that the federal government is going to work with the provinces on on responding to COVID and other issues that are important to them. Anyway, Kiyavash, let me turn to you. Do, uh, does this speech from the throne, in your view, create or exas exacerbate a national unity problem? I don't think it's a speech from the throne, but it is very difficult to um, to observe the fact that the provinces and the federal government are losing the initial collaboration that they had in the earlier stages of the pandemic. The pandemic isn't over even if we're all over it. The fact is that we've entered a second phase and it's really important for everybody to be able to work together. I think there is legitimate concerns with this speech from the throne that uh, really not addressing some of the major demands uh, that are really felt at the provincial level. For instance, you know, we were hoping to see uh, some concrete uh, action on pharmacare and, and improving healthcare so that, you know, that would relieve the provinces to a great extent uh, to be able to focus. But I mean, on the other side, I look at in my province of Ontario, there's billions of dollars of federal funding is available to Mr. Ford to do something with the unreasonable wait times that we have for testing. And he's not taking the necessary action to address that. Um, so, you know, I think the blame goes in all directions. And rather than turning this into a big national unity issue, you look at the partisan makeup of where the arguments are coming from. I think it, it loses some of its um, some of its oomph when it just seems to be Jason Kenney doing what Jason Kenney always does. Mira, let me let me come back to you. It looks like we it looks like the NDP will find enough in the uh, changes proposed by the government today for EI payments and sick leave. Uh, to be able to support the government. It, it's still not clear that they're going to get all the way there, but they got a deal on this. But uh, So is that is that what's supposed to happen? And did, how, how should we view this? As a, uh, as a, is this a win for Jagmeet Singh? 
Well, I think uh, a lot of the principles in the throne speech are principles that the NDP are generally in favor of, um, you know, like uh, creating a national um, early learning and childcare system, universal pharmacare, investing in housing, fighting climate change. These are all progressive values shared with the NDP. So um, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm glad to hear that, um, that they want to work together. I think that's what Canadians expect. Right, but the government, the government had to change the proposal to satisfy the NDP. Uh, and, and so obviously they, they took Mr. Singh's threat of perhaps not supporting them seriously, I guess. Yeah, and um, I think that's just something that we had to do. But at the end of the day, um, the expectation from Canadians is that we're going to put politics aside to focus on what's most important, which is um, supporting Canadians right now through this crisis, which is not going anywhere anytime soon. All right, uh, Ahmad, uh, Conservatives opposed the speech from the throne. They made that clear. Still, the blocks given the government an ultimatum of one week to come out on uh, health transfers to the provinces, no strings attached. Uh, how, do you, how do you view what looks like it might be a deal now between the government and the NDP to keep the government, uh, uh, the minority government afloat. Yeah, well, I think yesterday uh, Jagmeet Singh had a confused position, it really putting him in a corner. He was trying to get CERB and paid sick leave on the table um, without threatening to pull support for the prime minister. Um, today, uh, you know, it's clear that the prime minister didn't feel he had enough support from Canadians to go into an election. And so he had to do what you need to do and get the support of the NDP. I think today's bill that, that's been tabled will be seen as a win for Jagmeet Singh. Uh, Kiyavash, what's your view? Well, I'm I'm beaming here. I'm very happy to see that Jagmeet Singh was able to uh, extract this additional support from Mr. Trudeau. Uh, and the reason I say that is in three days, three million Canadians were going to fall behind. They were going to be worse off. And to go into the second wave of this pandemic, to hear from the prime minister last night in a televised speech that we should all be more careful and stay at home, at the same time that he was going to cut the, the very benefits uh, that had helped us uh, flatten the curve in the first place. That just did not make sense. I'm very glad that Jagmeet Singh has again been able through this minority parliament to get results for Canadians. Let's pick up on uh, what you just touched on and that was the Prime Minister's address uh, last night. Mira, he went on national television to warn Canadians directly that Look, we're in a second wave of the pandemic. It could be worse than the first wave. And then repeated the highlights in a political message about the speech from the throne. What was the point of that exercise? And did it require a, a hastily arranged nationally televised address? Absolutely, I think it did. Look, this is the first time that the Prime Minister has asked for a national address because this is the first time that we're living through a crisis like this, which with such uncertainty um, that Canadians are feeling from across the country. I think, especially now, given the surge in cases in many parts of the country and the pace at which it's picking up, as the Prime Minister said yesterday, the pandemic will be worse this fall with greater risks for everyone and the impact it will have uh, from a health and economic perspective will be greater as well. So. Um, I, I think many Canadians are alarmed, but if, if they aren't alarmed, this is certainly the time to be alarmed. And I would also point to his comment um, about not being able to gather for Thanksgiving, but perhaps being able to do so for Christmas um, on the exception that we all pull together and that every Canadian does their part. So I think it, it definitely merited um, the Prime Minister speaking directly to Canadians. What's your view on that, Ahmad? 
Well, I don't think yesterday uh, the throne speech was strategically written to be one. It was more of a campaign speech. Uh, it, you know, it, it didn't have much particulars, although we don't expect so much. We, it's meant to set direction. The speech had lots of issues, lots of priorities, lots of plans, and it lacks substance to actually be seen as a credible plan for Canadians. But I think um, the, the, the prime minister could not assess the reaction of Canadians uh, through the throne speech because it wasn't given by him. It was given by the governor general. And as we know, uh, it may have come come with the reminder to Canadians of the recent scandals uh, through the summer break. Um, and, and I think that's why the prime minister had to give his own speech, uh, you know, to the nation, uh, particularly because also Canadians don't really watch a throne speech midday and and, and they, most will watch a okay. um, his, his address to the nation later in the evening. And so he had to he had to make sure Canadians heard him. Running short on time here, Kiyavash, but let me get a final comment from you on what that exercise was all about for you last night. I mean, call me a cynic. I think he just needed to get his mug in front of the camera so that it would not be, um, we would not get all the clips from last night from Julie Payet, uh, the governor general, who is embroiled in her own scandals. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think we lost anything by hearing from the prime minister. And I think his message of asking Canadians to, uh, to be more careful in uh, the second wave is a valuable one. I was hoping to hear something more concrete about the supports that were going to be needed. We didn't hear it last night. Thankfully, we've heard it today. Three million Canadians who were going to be falling behind in three days okay. are now more secure. And I think that's good news for everybody. All right. Mira Ahmad, Ahmad Atiyah and uh, Kiyavash Najafi. Thanks so much for your time tonight. We'll talk again. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. That is all the time we have for this edition of Primetime Politics on CPAC. From all of us here at CPAC, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.